Welcome back to Bros in the Landfill, the show that took 41 episodes to finally get to this episode. 47 Ugh. episodes. No, because no, episode 5. No, right. Never mind. And welcome back to Bros in the Landfill, the only show that keeps saying we'll talk about Persona 5 without really having a Persona 5 episode. Alright, that, your... that, one, that one's pretty good. <laughs> your hosts for this week are Kasum Dizzy. I'll steal your heart and your time and money. And Tryuji. Me, the favorite, the one that everybody loves. Well, you do, so, you are both blonde. Yep, I'm I'm blonde and good looking and totally not a mean spirited ass. That uh, uh, I'm gonna save this conversation for later in the podcast. So we're talking Persona Five this week, uh, which we're, is we're finally about, doing it. <laughs> yeah, I mean we've talked about we've had Dizzy go on Persona Five France before, but we've never done an actual Persona Five episode. <laughs> I'd like to say that that my Persona 5 rants have kind of revealed to me a sort of dark truth, which is like back in episode 19 with Jack Frostmist and 21 with the joke with the Smash Joker rant before he was even in the game is like back then I was like, I don't have a problem. I just went off on a tangent those two times. And then by episode like 30, I was like, oh shit, I have a problem. I'm yeah. legitimately obsessed. <laughs> like, huh? And- in some Uh-oh. ways, this should be a good way to help get things out of Dizzy's system. I've definitely been thinking more about Persona 5. Uh, I am in the process of getting a capture card so that I can record Persona 5 footage so I don't have to steal freaking YouTubers for my half an hour long video. And I can Excellent. finally just do my gigantic Persona review, hey. splurge Dizzy, thing, and get it all out of my system. Dizzy, you weren't supposed to admit that you're stealing other people's videos. Now, I admitted that in the description. I said okay, I, I okay. took these videos. Without pro- I, I I provided links though. I did provide links okay. to every single thing I okay. took. Well, if you get in trouble, that's on you. And I prov- and I posted uh, channel links in the end of the video to the channels that I, I mentioned. So okay. I don't. There is I'm that. not going to debate. I'm not going to debate one way or another if that was proper or not. I'm not. I don't know enough about this whole YouTube uh, footage thing. But yeah. you gave you gave credit. If people want to cancel you, that's on them, not me. Well, yeah. If they want to cancel me with my five subs. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, so uh, I think while we go and get into this persona talk, I wanted to at least maybe try to build up this opponent that Dizzy's built upon himself. He's um, he's become like this hater of Persona Five. Every- everybody knows Dizzy as the Persona Five hater who hates Persona Five more than anybody else. Well, but we, gonna... we should. De- but we should definitely build it up first, so we can understand where your um, points are coming from. I, was, I, was I am gonna... told. I'm told. I am totally not strawmanning you right now. Well, I was gonna say, like, <laughs> I convinced Lunch Billion that I hate Persona Five, which is not at all his fault or hard to see because all I ever do is complain about it. And I've mentioned, I mentioned in the video I just released the other day, which is a week ago, a time of posting, that like I have many positives to say about the game, but I've never actually extrapolated on those positives. So let's. Let's start with, let's do this clickbait style. Welcome right. to the DSI and try top 10 things we like about Persona 5. Only Number 10, 15. though. Actually, I was going to say, before we even begin, like, I've mentioned this as a negative before, where I say, like, Persona 5 is a game where I could talk about it for hours because I, and then still come back and say I forgot something. Its positives are actually the same way, too, where... I just know once this video is going to be over, I'm going to be, like, upset I'm going to say, ah, oh, shit, I forgot to talk about Blank as long as we were praising it. Well, I mean, we can always do another Persona 5 episode when it's the two of us. I, I still want to do Shin Megami Tensei forecast where we debate oh, 4 versus 4 final. We need to get Tar to play Shin Megami Tensei 4. It's that good. Tar, but not lunch. <laughs> 
Uh, I mean, we got to get lunch to play, but lunch says the DS is a terrible system and he'll never play it again. Yeah, I, I gave up on trying to get Tar to play Persona 4, and I, I, I don't know if that was ever made into a video, but we talked about it before the video even started, well, where I said, like, I, I don't think well, Tar would get the same thing out of Persona 4 that I did. I don't think he would like, I think he would, I th- I'm, I'm thoroughly convinced Tar would play the game, he'd finish it, and he'd say, it was fine, and that'd be the end of it. And I'm like, yeah, if it wouldn't really mean anything to you, just be a waste of your time. I'm not even sure Tar would get through the first dungeon, or at least to the second. Something like, and this is a positive towards Persona Five in a way, but Persona Persona Four, well, Persona Five earlier, has the best first dungeon. Well, Persona Four and before that's are not, not a Donald very... Trump joke, you idiots. Yeah, <laughs> Sit no. down. Persona you can say something before... is the best without referencing him. Persona Four and earlier are very unwelcoming games from a very gameplay mecha- from gameplay mechanics um, center. Um, as RPG series, and this is Shinobi Tensei in general, in a lot of ways. Uh-huh. They're not baby's first JRPG. They are, and even so, if you've played JRPGs before, the logic behind a lot of these Shin Megami Tensei games are not like the the strategy and logic behind battle is much different compared to other JRPGs, uh, and at least the battle design and going from something like maybe like Final Fantasy, Pokemon, or whatever to Shin Megami Tensei is not an easy transition. Shin Megami Tensei like, is kind of a slow boil. Like, I I love yeah. Shin Megami Tensei 4, but the game doesn't quote-unquote start, really, until you get to, like, Tokyo, and that's after you've done, like, a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. Well, something I've, I, like, I've frequently thought about Shin Megami Tensei is that the first 10 hours are can be gruelingly difficult, yeah. then the late game can be incredibly easy. It's where in other JRPGs, it's sort of the other way around, where it starts off very easy and gets continuously more difficult. Yeah. Um, Sorry. I, but, I have a hard time thinking and typing. Yeah, that's fine. But, um, and Persona 4 is, Persona 4 and 3 are absolutely this case. They are not easy games to start. The dungeons are not easy. You start off very underpowered. And unless if you're used to Shin Megami Tensei as a series... It can be very daunting, add in the fact that Persona 3 and 4, well, Persona in general has this day-to-day system where you don't, it's not like you can just take as much time as you need. Time is constantly passing, and you can't stay in the dungeons for too long, and you leave, and then you, because you can't, and when you leave the dungeons, like, more time passes, and you lose chances for social links and whatnot, which perpetually make you weaker through the game goes on. Where with Persona 5, it starts off, Rather, like, really, it starts off relatively difficult, but there's a lot more leeway and a lot more, a lot more mechanics that make the game easier to play, and a lot more welcoming to a newcomer. And in a lot of ways, that's probably one of the reasons why Persona Five became as popular as it did because it is a very welcoming JRPG. All right, sorry about that. You can tell me if that post should be in the podcast. <laughs> but you're talking about first levels and stuff. I'm so sorry. You said such a perfect talk, and then my brain was like, "Wait, I have to type out this long post." Uh, geez, we're do- we're finally doing the Persona episode, and it's the episode where I'm like half asleep. I just want to stress. You know what? I want to say this too is that like, like Persona Five is a massive ass game. It's a hundred hours long, and yeah. like, okay, so I made a video the other day in response to another YouTuber whose name is The Fourth Snake, who does a series called Wasted Potential, 
And I made a comment in that video where I said the whole game is wasted, is, is like a big waste of plot potential. It's a word he made up, plot potential, haha. Yeah. And I'm like, and that's kind of why it's hard for me to talk about the positives of the game and also why I'm certain I'm going to forget something because Persona 5 is so good at almost doing things right and then it stops doing it. And that's why it like, drives me crazy. I'm like, and well, like... Let me, um... <laughs> Well, it's it's like every it's like every part of it has a double-edged sword. Yeah. Where I could like, well, I just said that Persona Five is probably is definitely the most welcoming um, Shin Megami Tensei game. It has ever. the best intro, but it just gets worse as it goes well, on. Like well, the not, very well, beginning of Persona Five, I would say is absolutely brilliant, and then two is the second dungeon. Second part two is. Eh, oh yeah, it definitely. Third is eh, but not, four is. But, but eh. not even just not just on a game on a story like level. Like no gameplay and stuff too. Dungeons, yeah, characters. Like, yeah, the dungeon the dungeons progressively get worse in design. Yeah, the dungeons. The game be- becomes the game. The game becomes perpetually easier. Yeah, through the different mechanics you get through social links. Yeah, the social links. In fact, one of my biggest criticisms about Shigeru Tensei Five, well, Persona Five, is how generous it is at handing out stats and whatnot for your um so your social stats the game is very generous at handing out social stats mm-hmm. especially in social links so in persona 3 and 4 you generally spend the first like maybe quarter of the game trying to boost up as much of your social stats as you can so you can take part so you can manage your time better and spend less time later in the game trying to um not mm-hmm. filling out your social links in persona 5 because you're you you get as a lot of the time you end up getting as much uh, social stats through social links as you would just by doing the regular tasks that you would get social stats from. That in a lot of times it feels like you're better off just doing the social links ninety percent of the time or just going out and talking with people because, like, I was halfway through the game and most of my stats were completely maxed out and then I was doing social links and then I was getting tons and tons of like points towards my uh, stats. That were going nowhere because I had already maxed them out. Yeah, some of these, some of those social links are kind of funny. Actually, I remember like the star social link gives you intelligence, but to finish the star social link, you need max intelligence, and then you get yeah. more intelligence after you've already gotten yeah. max intelligence. A, What's well, the point? But that's that's the thing. But to a, to an, to another extent, like to a persona newcomer, uh-huh. they they wouldn't they wouldn't think, oh, I need to max out my social stats as early as possible. They they just go through see that the social links are handing out these stats. And maybe like, oh, maybe I can go do another social link to get more stats here. I don't need to focus on this social link right now. Where in Persona 3 and 4, like if, you, if you're a Persona regular, if you've played Persona quite a bit in the past and you've spent time studying the calendar or doing research on how the best manage your time, Persona 5 is kind of a kick in the face to that. And it, like, it can actually make things harder for you if you've played, a Shin Ten, if you've played Persona before. We were supposed like, to be talking about the positives, right? Well, I know this is like <laughs> no, but it's no, but here's the thing: it's it's weird because the a great positive of Persona Five is how welcoming it is to new players. But to some degree, I almost feel like the game is only made for new players. It wasn't made for people who played the early, yeah. earlier Persona games. It's part of what makes me so frustrated about Persona Five is that it like everyone says, "Oh, it's the jumping on point," and it's like, yeah, but it's it number one. It it is like it was made specifically for being the jumping on point. It was made to pander to everyone who did not contribute to the series existing this long. And number two, it's a jumping on point on a helipad on a skyscraper in a different city. Or to put it another way, Persona Five is the least Persona game in the franchise. Oh, it is. 
but I think that's an, that's an, another thing you because you're talking about how it, it um, put all Persona... of its eggs in different baskets in different buildings in a completely different city, and then it's and then it, that's why it's so frustrating when people eat up. I played a Persona game. I'm a fan of the Persona series, and it's like yeah, but like, like, I mean, it, it's 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 called Five, but it has nothing to do with it. Okay, well, I think another thing to I mention is how Persona 5 is definitely the probably the most exciting game in the series that's got the most I'd say the most thrilling plot like, where you Persona say that, 4 is a, you well, say Persona that, f- but like Persona 1 had a like you were trying to stop the end of the world Persona okay, 2 no, had the no, most thrilling no, plot I'm, you were fighting I'm, the Nazis well I'm talking about, I'm talking about by like day by day from the start and I'm, and I'm specifically talking about 3 through 5 here because well, 3 talk- through 5 is a di- well, three through five is a different rider than one and two. Well, I, you you want to talk about thrills? You're gonna set me off all over again. And I'm like, geez, okay, like three things. Number one, I don't think we should start the episode over, but I kind of want to because, like, when I go into lead-ins like this, like when we talk about Ultra Sun and Moon or Persona Five or things of the nature, like the reason why I can kind of segue into Persona Five from any random episode topic like Smash Brothers or the like is because Persona Five does so many things. There's so many things that it's easy to lead into, but to examine it as a whole is like trying to uh, untangle Christmas well, um, lights, and I'm like, don't know where to start. Well, and the me... second thing is, you talk about the spectacle and shit, and you talk about like how it's a thrilling game. That just reminds me of that comment that was, okay, I don't, I think, did you know gaming said this in their video? And it was like a comment taken from the director of the game, who was like, we have the Phantom Thief action scenes to get away from the mundanities of life. And I'm like, that sentence right there tells me exactly how much you understand Persona, which is to say yeah. you don't. Well, when I say thrilling, I'm talking about more like on like on the surface. If it's you don't think about anything, it is probably the most ex- like there is always something like exciting or dramatic or thrilling. Happening in some ways, that's actually I think works to the game's benefit because there's well downfall because there's not much breathing room. Persona Four is a very like Persona Four and is a game where this is interesting to there's me. a lot of, like there's a there's a lot there there are thrilling points, but it's a very chill game. There's it builds up to its more exciting moments, but most of the time it's just people chilling. Persona Four makes a good use of downtime, specifically yeah, super downtime. Like and at what, the end of the game, things don't. At the end of the game, it feels like the stakes were raised by the world becoming like smaller because, like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, by the way, massive spoilers. Like, because yeah, massive spoilers like, are all Persona. Your 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 whole city that you've like spent the entire game in gets like totally screwed, and everyone just kind of like starts losing their minds, and it's like, mm-hmm. like you know. If, like you have a sense of dread as opposed to a sense of you know like uh, blood rushing thrill. Well, You're more not, it plays big... off more fear than it does. But the, like um, I keep cutting and, you off. But, I'm so sorry. But that's part, that's fine. Part of it is also that in Persona Four the stakes feel very personal. Like as the player, it, it gets you accustomed in. Like it, it introduces you to this town, these people, and you really get get a sense of what Inaba is. So when Inaba's in danger, you really have this feeling of importance like you need to do something to save these things these people you actually care persona four is persona five is so wrapped up in its spectacle that it never gives you a reason to care for anybody or anything that's going on in the game like i said this in our dms but it care it bangs on it being in tokyo so much that it never really establishes its locale or its location or gives you a reason to care it wastes its location yeah, if anything, the only people who will, would care this much about Tokyo are people who live in Tokyo. Like, 
but like I don't. It's like when, when, when in the end of Persona Five. Okay, like uh, again, spoilers. At the end of Persona Five, the city gets totally fucked and is like covered in dinosaur bones for no freaking reason. I will never stop harping on that. What? What does dinosaur bones have to do with anything? Uh, Anyways, get back, getting back on point. This like the final battle happens and you climb up like Shibuya towers on this big thing of dinosaur bones and you go into this gigantic tower and it's all supposed to be epic. I don't care because Shibuya means nothing to me. Versus Persona 4, you go through Magatsu Inaba, this destroyed, warped place that you have, that looks just like the place that you've been, that you spent an entire year in, your home, your town, your friends, and it's this just distorted thing now, and it's, it's, it's so jarring, and like, like, whoa, because it's basically, it's, it's a versus of perception. This is how Adachi sees Inaba. He sees it as boring. He sees it as, like, trash and dull. Meanwhile, well, you as a player have yeah. seen it as this welcoming home in town. Well, another reason why Persona 4 works really well in that regards is Persona 4 does so much with so little. Yeah. It doesn't need to keep adding... It, it, it doesn't need to keep adding things to the game. If anything, most of the game is... Like, most of the world and game is introduced at the start of your time in Inaba, and mm. it just... It never like grows or expands. It's always utilizing everything that's in that world. But um, yep, it, where, it feels. Persona... Sorry, oh, the stakes in Persona Four and feel more personal. Where I, as opposed to something like Persona Three, where Persona Three in a lot of ways is more of this world-ending threat or this big scary thing that you're trying to investigate. Mm-hmm. The stakes in Persona Three aren't as personal from the get-go, but it never seems to be trying to like i think this goes back to the problem with persona 5 is it wants to be persona 3 and persona 4 yeah it wants it... to have this it wants to have this big shing megami tensei like oh there's this world shattering world ending thing you got this big evil thing trying to destroy the world persona 5 has no identity of its own because it spends too yeah. much time trying to be persona 3 and persona 4 and then you have people like me that are saying we see the glimpses of persona 5 in this mess that's trying to be things it's not and we're actually kind of happy with it we're like well, no no be persona 5 don't rip off 4 well, don't have a plot a villain betrayal plot twist for the sake of it don't have the giant world ending tower for the sake of it stop doing this I don't, okay, so I don't know if this is just me. Like, So earlier I had a thought, and now I, I've kind of flipped on that thought, mm. where Persona 5 feels like a first draft of a script. Like, it feels like oh. the first draft, it, it wasn't. I've but said that, I like, actually, so many times. But now that you're talking about it, it, it almost feels like that, it's not that it's its first draft, it's, looks, it feels like it, it had its first draft, and it was stripped clean because... Like, Sega or Atlas was like, this isn't enough like your Persona 3, or this isn't enough like Persona 4, no one's gonna... Well, the, the director like, himself did change it because of the earthquake thing. Yeah, well, that's, like, that's, well look, Persona 5 was supposed to be originally a completely different game. I'm talking specifically about, like, the, the inclusion of something like how Mementos is utilized. Oh, yeah. Like, the, the way that the palaces are utilized. Because Mementos is very much Tartarus. It is just an analog for Tartarus. The palaces are just... better. It's ex- I mean... I didn't like Tartarus, but Tartarus was better. I like uh, Tartarus better because it understood the importance of subtlety. Well, Tartarus was also thematically very strong within the game. Mementos yeah. is Mementos not, is that uh, thing that you go to to finish social links. Yeah. Okay, well, look, I, I admit, I don't, I've not watched other people's Let's Plays of Persona 5, but whenever I play Persona 5, I stick Mementos onto the wayside until I need to because 
your social links are always interrupted by objectively evil person saying that he's going to ruin this person's life. And then I just, and because there's never any time limit on these missions, I just stockpile missions until all of my social links are deadlocked. Well, and then I go into mementos and clear well, all of them at once. Well, you sort of have to if you want to finish all your social links because going to mementos takes up a full day. Yeah. Like, it's not very well, it's not optimized very well. Um, the other, the other thing is that Mementos thematically is very weak. The palaces are thematically very weak. The, in regard, so Mementos and the palaces are supposed to be these big, um, this is the reflection of the human psyche, similar to the dungeons were in Persona 4. They say it's these, like, these ref- that's the thing too, is that they say like Mementos is like the palace of society. And I'm like the whole game. And I, I've played the game like three, I've, I've been in the game almost four times, actually. I admit it's been a while, but let me ask one simple question. What the fuck does Memento say about society? That it's dark? Well, that we take subway trains? I understand, like, that the, metaphor of just, but that's, oh, you give yourself point. to the whole, the and entire, it's like... That's the entire problem with Persona uh-huh. 5, it, is it wants to say something, but it, like, it has something to say, but it says nothing. That's the thing Persona, that keeps driving me crazy. It has things to say, but it never does. Like, like, the, okay. Persona Five has this, like, supposed to have this theme of rebellion, saying, like, and in general, like, looking at what the direct, like, the producer, of all the director said, it's like the Persona Five is supposed to be the story about people standing up against the wrongs of society. That's a really good. But you never do. Well, but. It, you're always the, just fighting objectively bad people on the top of the food chain who are just oppressing the lower classes no, because they're funny. corrupt. No, but the, the game is so politically the game is so politically I'm vague sorry. and so shallow that it never says like you you just have these bad people doing bad things, but you never it never addresses why these people are bad people. Like in a meaningful way, it never addresses as a spe- and the palaces are the perfect place to address these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. But also, secondly, because it's so vague and shallow, anybody can have, like, can place any ideology on there because it's it's just about a, it's just going up against corrupt people. These corrupt people stand for nothing. They're just corrupt people that do bad things. Yeah, and part of what really frustrates me with Persona Five, especially looking at our political climate today, is that it's very much saying like it's it's telling yes, go fight up against these corrupt people. But it never says what makes what is corruption, what makes people corrupt. Like, in in some ways, it's like it's like, oh yes, you you force people to change their minds, but you're never saying what types of people are the people we want to change their minds. It's never it doesn't have anything to say other than change people's minds through a direct forceful way. Well, the thing about rebellion to me is that I I, I a lot of, I, well okay I admit I've not actually heard this argument, but what I'm my thought process is. The idea, and I have no proof to back this up, but the idea is the existence of the oppression from these bigger people is what you're rebelling against. But my my rebuttal to that, my stance to that is that rebellion is itself making a statement. And there's no statements being made in Persona 5. You're just well, fighting objectively evil people because there's no morals, because what these villains are, what they stand for, why they're corrupt, all of these things are just completely omitted. You basically have a superhero comic from but the this, 90s. Oh, good okay, job, so, Joker and the Phantom so, Thieves. We beat Lex Luthor. So, Dizzy, Dizzy, hear me out on this one. Yes, okay, like, sorry. P- the biggest problem with this rebellion theme is that the stakes are too personal to the cast. It never feels like, oh, these people are, we're, we're going to stop these people from doing bad things. We're going to stop them from oppressing. These are leaders. These are, like, most of the time, these feel like people that people, that 
the majority of people don't really care about. They know they're doing bad things, but it's not affecting them, so they don't care. Mm-hmm. Where when I think of rebellion, I think of this is a person who's affecting a large amount of people, and we're going to take down that person because they're affecting a large amount of people. Mm-hmm. The way that the story is written, the way that the character arcs are written, is it's focused so much on how that bad person is directly affecting the specific person. Mm-hmm where it turns it more into a story of revenge and justice rather than over top, overtoppling a corrupt system. And that can be, this can especially be seen in someone like Shido because the point of Shido, like the way that Shido set up is, oh, he is the person who oppressed the main character. Yes, mm-hmm. he's oppressed many people, but the point is not that he's oppressed many people, it's that he's oppressed you, the main character. Mm-hmm. And you're going after him because of this, not because, but you're going after him because he's, in fact, it's actually kind of funny because you're specifically going after him to prove your innocence, not because you want to rebel against society and say and make a statement that this person is oppressing people. It's I need to prove my innocence. And oh, by the way, I guess um, I'm saving a bunch of people who are oppressed in the meantime. It's like the, the rebellion was never the focus. Yeah, it's always it's the, the rebellion is a side effect of you just of these people doing things for their own personal gain. That's the thing is that Persona 5 has like. It has so many themes it wants to do, but it doesn't know how to focus on them, and so many of these themes are constantly counteracting each other. The Phantom Thief theme ties into the themes of revenge, of you're getting back at these people and kind of doing things in a vigilante basis. But then it has like this theme of we want to reform society that absolutely doesn't gel with the revenge motives or the Phantom Thief motives, and also is never actually portrayed. I think you mentioned like the influence meter. You're like, you should have been able to fill the influence meter on your own. You should... You should have, instead of it being story things, you should have actually rallied the people against these corrupt people and, like, done things of that nature. And there could be different effects to the game depending on the other. But that's that's part of the problem with, like, that's more like, because Persona 5 is so bloated of a game that they really couldn't have done anything with it at that point. Mm -hmm. Like, and I I think in general that Persona 5 is just a very bloated game. It has a, it's it's this big game full of hot air that, with no substance, like, no substance. Like there, there are points of substance within the game, but they're overshadowed by these big, grand spectacles. Or they're completely that, just thrown out the window for yeah, no there's reason. A, like, yeah, and I'm looking at you, Goro Akechi. <laughs> and then the game contradicts itself. Something that actually really frustrates me with Goro Akechi is when I look at Goro Akechi, it's like I'm like, this is what the game could have been. What made Goro Akechi as a character interesting was that he was doing these things. Not like it seemed like well, it seemed like he was doing these things not out of a selfish reason, but because he had the strong sense of justice and he wanted to go help people or whatever. Like Gore, like the rest of the cast, they're never doing things out of a sense of justice. Or I mean, an extent, yes, they're helping these specific people because they're doing it out of a sense of justice. But it becomes too much. It becomes more of a personal. It's like I'm not taking down this person because of a bad person. I'm taking this person down because oh, I made friends with this person who's being screwed by this person. Yeah, it's. <laughs> Where the game, I actually sort of feel like it would have, A, been better if most of the cast members, like in Persona 4, joined after you beat the palaces. Like, if it was never a matter of, oh, because once you, once, once the ca- they join your cast and they're going after, um, you're going after the bad guys, the, ca- the stakes in regards to the cast becomes personal rather than a general justice statement. Whereas yeah. if they take down the guy and then you have them join your party afterwards, it becomes, oh, they're joining you because you did this just thing rather than a revenge, just turning into a revenge plot. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to segue into my, my 
like the thing is we're talking you, you're like you're uh, your comments have kind of made me think about stuff and like the positives i had about the game which is kind of weird because now i'm like you know a lot of the positives i have about the game are very surface level and now it's kind of no, like because, bothering me too well, i do no, have a few comments a, though. okay okay persona persona 5 is like a multi-layered cake like the top layer of the cake is incredibly delicious but as you continue to cut down, you notice that the cake wasn't baked properly. Well, uh, here's mixed- the thing I want to talk to you about, because we're talking so much about this themes of, like, rebellion and revenge and stuff of the system, or stuff of the nature. And it's like, well, I never once got a sense of rebellion from the entirety of the game. Like, I mentioned this, like, at the start of the podcast. I said, like, like Persona 1 is, like, the best intro and then I made a stupid political joke about bullshit and stuff. And I was like, I meant that. And I'm curious about your thoughts on it now. Because I was saying, like, Kamoshida's palace, the actual palace, is, like, the best design in the game. As it starts out like a normal medieval kingdom and progressively gets more, like, distorted. There's, like, actual key-collecting puzzles. You go to the palace multiple times. And the characterization of the characters at the start of the game is the best. Like, Ryuji being this crazy asshole makes sense at the beginning. The reason I hate him is because he never changes the entire game. But the beginning is when he has no reason to be different. And that's when it feels the most organic, that he'd be, like, so kind of emotionally untapped. And, like, you understand very clearly, like, Okay, like, I don't get a sense of rebellion, but you do get a very good sense of stakes, because Kamoshida wronged every single one of the first four Phantom Thieves. He wronged An, Ryuji, Joker, and Morgana. So all of them have a personal investment in it. Again, not really a theme of rebellion, but... And not not just that, like, he's wronged many people within the school, and you you can see... He wronged Shida. Kamoshida is the only real example of rebellion within the game, because they, like, Kamoshida is this powerful figure within the school that has control over all of them. Yeah. Who has negatively affected almost everybody in the school. And that's partially why the first... The higher-ups like, are just sucking up to him and giving him more power. And it's because like, he he wins games for them. Like, he brings the school reputation through the winnings of the games. Yeah. Like, there is There is no sense of, oh, they're doing this for personal reasons or personal reasons only. Yeah. And there's even people, who, there are even characters in the game, I believe, who say that they knew what he was doing, but they didn't, they turned a blind eye to it because of the reputation he was bringing the school and because of the games he was winning and how important the volleyball team was. They were, there was a lot more to it than no, he's just an asshole. Okay, okay. I just recognize, realized something. Another great reason why the Kamashita Palace is so good is this is also before they, like, the fan of Thieves get all up in their ass about the reputation and about fame and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Where after after Kamashita, it really becomes a lot of oh, let's fi- find another big target to take down. They're not they're not doing this because they want to do it for just reasons. They're doing it because they want to get exposure as the Phantom Thieves. Yeah. And but with Kamashita, it is very much like they like they're not thinking like they're not thinking in terms of oh, we're gonna be big. We're gonna be like they they get big because they take down Kamashita, and then yeah. And that's fine if the it game felt more actually like... addresses it. Because you, sorry, like the game never actually addresses it. They bring it up, but then it never tells them they're wrong for trying to be fame. In fact, they're even rewarded for going after fame in the end. Yeah, I was gonna say like that's the thing that kind of drove me crazy is that for as morally charged as this game likes to claim it is, the Phantom Thieves are never once portrayed as wrong, ever. They're always right about everything. Even when things are like, oh no, were we wrong? Then they get back up and go, nope, we were totally right. Let's presume. Um. Let me actually use a pretty interesting example. 
Compare this persona. Compare this to Persona Four when, um, now gets on. Uh, what's her? Oh, uh, Nanako, when Nanako gets dragged into the mess. Yeah. Where like they're getting involved. Like they, they actually like when Nanako gets involved and they have to go save Nanako. They have like that's when the cast and the main character and everybody is like maybe we were wrong for going forward with all this. Maybe we were wrong for getting our noses in this case. I, we we put our loved ones in danger. Nanako could have died, and in the bad ending, Nanako does die. Yeah, like, there, it is a very like the game tells you it is very much of a possibility that you were wrong for going after this. Like, for yeah, you get the, get the threatening letters, like Dojima's, like, what the hell are you doing? I, I was gonna say, like, one of my favorite scenes in Persona Four is the scene where like the cast, like your your whole group, gets split down the middle as like they're saying, "Let's kill like the guy who we think has been killing all these people." That's like a that's a huge kind of like thing to talk about. And, yeah. like, what's really interesting is, like, who is pro- who is proposing what? Like, of all characters, Naoto Shiragane is the one that proposes the idea in the first place. Naoto, the person who was well, level-headed, always thinking about this stuff, no, but, which just goes to show how Dizzy. shaken she is by everything that, but Dizzy, and how much her emotions are affecting her. But, but that's what makes Persona 4 so thematically strong because yeah. the entire theme of Persona 4 is to, like, to search for the truth, to put your emotions by the wayside and actually try to... Find justice and find the truth, and that—that yeah. that is the most realist example, like the most poignant example of the game's theme within Persona Four. And in Persona Five, we get nothing like that. In Persona like, Five, you have a bunch is, of people who say that they're right, and then they're right. Well, the closest thing we get to the Persona the, to the thieves being wrong is um, uh, when you when you get captured because of um Goro's uh, betrayal. But even but even in the end, like oh, that was actually all part of plan. I hated that like, scene so much yeah. because the Phantom Thieves, up until that point, are portrayed as being incompetent idiots, and then all of a sudden they hatch a master plan to catch Goro Kechi that is so ridiculously convoluted, and it goes off without a hitch. And I'm like, really? The people who, when they were being called out on the internet and had like this huge problem, their solution was to wake up a 14 year old and have her solve the problem for them. I mean, the people I mean, who, when they were looking for a drug lord, their solution was to just get kidnapped. Okay, hear me out, Dizzy. Great. That plan was that sh- that plan was so convoluted that only idiots could get it to work. Well, it's a good thing Akechi was an idiot too. <laughs> yeah, no, I just that 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 scene was like literally the point where I just like I'm like, yep, this is a, a terrible story. Like all faith in this game has completely gone to the trash. You know, that's right. actually tragic because the point where all my faith went into the trash was during the end credits. I I, uh, I, I say all my faith. My faith was slowly diminishing the whole game, but I didn't completely oh, yeah. get sick until the ending when I, I was mean, like, my, my, Fuck okay. this. My faith, my faith was diminishing at the point where the game started use it, starting started out with uh, uh, the in-media in resume using this um, narrative that trick. That was so was, um, stupid. Like, I thought they were playing it, up to something, like, but all they do is basically the the whole thing is wasted. Well, here's the, actually here's like, here's the thing. Like, I'm not I'm not inherently against in media res or using those sort of like um narrative framing devices of someone in the middle of the story telling events at the back of the like of it going on. Hi, this is it me. It, You're probably wondering how I got into this situation. Yeah, I don't. I I actually quite like that when it's done right. It doesn't work for Persona because Persona is a daily a day by day. Um, life simulator, and the number the number one way to pull someone out of a game where you're supposed to be the main character, 
is to imply that everything that you're about to do has no like importance because it's going to lead up to this very specific moment. It's also because like, the guy who made the game said that we have to be Phantom Thieves to get away from the boring life. Let's not think about the boring life. Let's not like, think. Let's not think. Yeah. No, Persona 4, like, actually, here's something I was also thinking about. Persona 5 is a game that doesn't know how to handle agency. Persona 5 is a game that absolutely does not know how to handle agency. All of the confidants, well, not all of them, but most of the confidants are, like, totally fucked because... Like, they're doing so well of building up this character and establishing their personality, but then when it comes down to, like, the really serious thing, they're like, oh, crap, I can't do anything. I'm totally deadlocked. And then you have to go in and solve their problem for them. And it's like, who needs character growth when you can just make someone else do your do where, your where, dirty laundry? Where with Persona 3 and 4, it's the, it's the opposite case where it's like... The reason why their problems are solved is because you're a friend to them. Yeah. Because you talk with them and you help them realize their problems because they haven't been able to see things in a certain way. Persona 5, it's like, well, I can't do anything about this. Time to go um, uh, brainwash someone into being a different person. Yep. Because that, that's, that literally that's what Persona 5 does. It, you're, you're brainwashing people to realizing they're wrong. I think, like, the, there was only two cases where I was actually, like... Like, there's, there's two cases in the entire game where I was, like, kind of weird on, on the feeling... And what first one was I believe his name was Shota, it's been a wire or the, mm. the, the, the get smoked kid, the give it the hat. Yeah. Where like I still wasn't fond of it because the solution was still just brainwash his mom to be nice, but he yeah. on his he did sort of learn on his own that he was overstepping his bounds and you did get a better understanding of his character. I wish there was a better kind of progression, but you know, his social link was fine. And then the other one was like what was the other one actually? People mention like a uh, like people keep saying like Kawakami best girl. The people are like split between Kawakami and Haru, which I absolutely don't understand. Kawakami's social link is so weird to me because she doesn't really have an arc at all. You just but you her hers is a character study, not a character growth. You get yeah. a better insight into her world views, you get a better insight into her world perceptions, how she sees, why she acts the way she does. She doesn't really grow and change as a person, and that's fine because it doesn't seem like that was the intention. So I'm still unhappy that the solution to her problem is just, and then a random guy, high schooler, goes and just magics everything away. I will never be happy with that as a solution, but at least with her, it doesn't feel like her arc fell flat because the most integral part of the freaking arc of her overcoming her own problem was solved by someone else because it it didn't feel like there was an arc period. It's just, I, this is your homeroom teacher, and this is your homeroom teacher more specifically. And I'm like, okay. And she's, also, she's, also, she's also a maid that you can date. I absolutely do not understand why people like Haru. She never does anything. Um, here's an... So... Are we going to talk about the positives yet? <laughs> okay, so actually, I want to bring up a positive. Like, I think if, since we're talking about the negatives of the like within the confidants and whatnot, one confidant that like I actually quite think worked for what the story was trying to go for, or the themes of the story, or the mechanics was the sun. Oh, because... the sun was great, and he didn't have a yeah. part where you had to beat an objectively evil person to make his life better. Well, well yeah, that's actually sort of funny because that's. If anything, that would have made the most sense to do so, because this what, what makes the son interesting is because he's in a political position. He's in a very similar position of the Phantom Thieves. Yeah, where he's he was defamed. He was 
Um, he's trying to build himself back up in this political world. He's the only asshole and... whose name I can remember. It was Torah. <laughs> yeah, and like... Because like, he had a name but, but, worth remembering. Like, Tora, like, actually felt like he was made for Persona 5. Like, yeah. his his story works thematically with Persona 5 because it's not just a matter of, like, re- like it's not it's not even a sense of rebellion. It's a sense of this is, this is a person who society has left behind or society has... Uh, like, has, has shunned and defamed. They, they won't listen to a word he says. They're like, we, you've wronged us, and now you're dead to us. And he's mm-hmm. like, but at the same point, too, he's, despite having been thrown out by society, he's actually the one who is changing with the times. He's the one who's advocating for the phantom thieves and stuff and talking yeah. about, like, the youth and the, and the people who are growing up and the next generation and things of that nature. But it's like, like, too little, too late, pal. You fucked up once, and we won't give you a second chance. And he's like, no, like... You gotta give people a second chance, not just me. Like Toro is one of the best parts of Persona Five. It's like stick and, to your beliefs. Like that—that's the like, thing is too is they keep offering him outs. Like just abandon your, all of your beliefs. Come with us. We'll give you a really good position in Congress. And he's like, piss off. And also, this is Japan. We don't. Or do we have a Congress? Well, they—they they, they have a national diet, which is we have a national diet. <laughs> but that's sort of like what I like, see. And this is and this is like I and I think this is what also Dizzy gets frustrated like there are some really great things in persona 5 there are like, some really Tora, great things <laughs> like Tora's confidence is like one of my favorite confidants in persona in general and you know like, what i was gonna say you know what kind of drives me crazy about like what? sun stuff and like something what? that i've been very unhappy about in confidant relationships mm-hmm. it's like when when you're doing these confidants and stuff, you have like the benefit system. You get to rank one or rank two or rank three or rank four. You get these special benefits mm-hmm. and shit. And then it's like, okay, I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie to you. One of my favorite confidants was the uh, the devil. Her woman, her name was Oda, I believe. I really liked her. I mentioned that I liked her, and everyone says like, oh, I didn't bother with the devil. She had like terrible uh, social link benefits. And I was like, what about her, the character? And I have to admit, I was the same way with Sun, where I was like, I never do demon conversations, so I'm not going to bother with the Sun. And then I did the Sun on a second playthrough, and I was like, holy shit! I love this character. But it's also sort of funny, think about the skill, like the skills. Um, A lot of the time, the skills you gain from the confidence don't make sense. Like, or like, like mechanic, especially if we're we're talking about all the benefits you get from what's her, like the Shogi player, or the chess player. Like, the skills you get from her don't make sense in regards to... A lot of them um, are really basic techniques, honestly. And yeah, some of them are just yeah. like, beat enemy with all-out attack for more money. How does that work? Yeah. Where, with um, Toru, it makes sense. You talking with a public speaker, a professional public speaker, you working with him, you learning from him, you get yeah. better at talking to the demons. It makes sense. Akira should be a freaking genius considering, yeah. like, the people that he talks to. Yeah, but, I know. And he never really ever displays that. Well, I, I ever mentioned like another... how much I hate the Wheel of Fortune? Oh uh, yeah, the Wheel of Fortune. The, the Fortune social link was really bad, and I really uh... the Wheel of Fortune I... social link made me so angry for a reason that I don't think anyone a thought about or b even thinks is that big of a deal. Which is that like she her arc is robbed from her. Where yeah. like she you you talk to her and she realizes that what she's doing is wrong and she has to stand up for herself and then that fails because you have to solve her problems for her by beating up the objectively evil person. Don't but, stand up for yourself, guys. Let someone else take care of your problems. But if you want to max out everybody's social links, you have to max her out first. I always max I, her out last, actually. 
that's that's funny. I I, re- I literally never understood what her benefits were or how they well, worked, and I never okay. used them. <laughs> so so and on Persona, like in Persona in general, like yeah. and this is like this is the same thing with like it's a, the shrine from Persona Four, right? Yeah. So basically, it increases your um the points towards a certain social link. So if you yeah. don't have enough points to continue the social link, well, I mean, um, it can get. I mean, there's another way get... to maximize the points you get from Social Link. It's called Save Before You Start a Social Link. And if the, the music notes that come out of their head don't have stars at, stars around them at the end of the Social Link, you reload your last save and do it a second time. Yeah, I mean, not everybody's going to bother you in that. But at the same time, um, I think that that's the sort of thing that's good on like a second playthrough. But on the first playthrough, that's not really... Um, it can yeah. be a bit of immersion breaking. Well, I, I, the Shrine did save my social link with Kanji Tatsumi in Persona 4. I, I got him yeah. to 9 and the game was almost over. And I'm like, gotta pray at the Shrine, gotta pray at the Shrine, gotta pray at the Shrine. Um, speaking of social links, something like if we want to talk about like Persona 3, 4, and 5, mm-hmm. like each, each game handles its social links very differently. Like Persona, Persona Three is a game about death, and a lot of like most of its social links revolve around like characters. Well, they, they revolve. Yeah. Around, it's not all of them have to do with death, but well, all of them have to do with loss. Yeah, it's a, it's loss in this existential crisis of some extent, yeah. or fear and, of loss, even. Yeah. So Persona, Persona Three has like is very thematically strong about that. Yeah. Persona Persona Four's. Um, I actually feel like Persona Three still has the best social links in Persona in general. Yeah, I feel like that's. Well, I'm. I admit I'm biased because three is my favorite. Persona. I don't even like Persona three is not even my favorite. Persona four is my favorite, and I still say Persona three has better social links than three and five. So, uh, I'll only, give you that one, Dizzy. I'll say this about Persona three social links. Uh, it wouldn't be until Persona four that they would fix the uh, the girl system, because yeah. three three had a little bit of a hiccup that made things a little bit frustrating, where you could only social link with one girl at a time, or else all the other girls you're social linking with get mad at you. And then your social link gets kind of messed up, so that Ouch. was a bit of a misstep. In Persona Four, they fixed that by adding in like the girlfriend system, where on- then your girlfriend will get mad at you if you social link with other girls, but you can social link with a bunch of girls at once without uh, them getting mad at I you. I can't wait for I can't wait for the royal to come out so I can be a playboy and just date everybody. And then f- and then Persona Five fucked up the girlfriend system by making it completely inconsequential. Yeah, because rank. Persona 5 fucked up girlfriend system because they ma- it made it so formula. It's like, you'll always date the girl at rank 9, and then rank 10 will be in your bedroom where they will tell you what happens if you didn't date them, and then they'll say, hey, we're, we're dating now. That's cool. Yeah. And I'm like... That... And I'm like, hey, remember Persona 4 where you can date people at different intervals of your social link, and their social link can dramatically change depending on if you are or not dating yeah. them? <laughs> But um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I'm I'm, ju- I'm, I'm just sorry. waiting for Persona. I'm, I'm, I'm just waiting for Persona Six to have um inclusive options. I'll say this about okay, like I don't know if I want to talk about this because I'm pretty sure once I start talking about, it, I won't stop. But I was gonna say like, do I want to go off on my thoughts on how they should handle social linking in Six, or do am I gonna go off on my thoughts on like, are we? Am I gonna try to ring this back to Persona Five? <laughs> let's um, let's um, let's bring this back to Persona Five. Okay, well, as long as we're talking about romance, can I just say that as long as we brought up 3, 4, 5, and romance and stuff, and this this will be a real spicy hot take, maybe. I gotta admit, I don't watch a lot of people's Persona YouTube videos because most of them are just people sucking its dick. And I, Of course. I, I, I admit, that's unfair of me. I do have a bias, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who did really fair analysis of Persona 5. I don't know if anyone has mentioned this, but to me personally... 
Ryuji and An have the best chemistry of any of the two original partner <laughs> characters oh in, in, pers- in the Persona 3, 4, and 5 games. I'm serious. Like, Junpei I, and Yukari, I, I, they get along as friends and they have, like, a good thing. Chie and Yosuke get along, like, pretty well. You understand there's a friendship. And I like that. But I genuinely think Ryuji and An should have fucking hooked up at the end of the game. They should have fucking fucked. <laughs> I don't know if they should have fucked. They are high schoolers, I but I'm like, I, I'm, I am serious. And I'm like, and that's another case where I'm like, of course they can't hook up because you have to be able to date on or else you're going to piss off somebody. Well, but I'm well, like, I guess it, someone fucked up by accidentally making the best goddamn romance. Yeah, well, it's, I guess it's to some degree, it's a similar thing with them, Kanji and Alto, where Kanji and Alto have real chemistry or like at least like you can see that there's there's a potential for a relationship there, but yet you can still date Naruto in Persona Four. So you can you can um. I got a sense of friendship, but I I never got a sense of I I got a sense that Kanji was into Naruto, but I never got a sense of reciprocating feelings. I, mean, more I guess than Naruto for... saw Kanji as a friend. Well, I think the anime really I, changed I, that though. The anime really kind of set them up as like, oh, they're in love. Well, I th- well, I think I think I'm part of the difference with Persona 4 game with um, Naoto showing feelings is that she's not really the type of person to really... Well, she doesn't really understand who she is and what her own feelings are, what she's allowed to feel. Mm-hmm. Like she's, she's so focused on this career as a detective that she wouldn't allow herself to feel emotions. And that's part of... Um, that's also partially why I'm, I'm not a big fan of the, oh, you can date Naoto, because it doesn't really make sense within her character arc and it kind of comes out of left field. I don't actually know how to date now too because when i'd social link with her the option never came up at all oh no it's it's never it doesn't ask you if um you what okay let me ask this um there's um a well like, four, four is, was a little bit more subtle than ask to be yeah. their girlfriend yeah yeah no there, there there's a point where you can like you can ask her like well she asked you if you prefer as a guy or a girl and if you respond to as a girl gives you like you say i prefer, I prefer you um i prefer calling you she then she gives you it gives you the option data from there. I think there was was there a third option that says whatever you're fine with? Because yeah, I, but what, and if you, I, I and think if you say I, whatever, yeah, I think I picked that, and then yeah, that yeah, would yeah, you, ha, you have you have to say that you prefer her as a she, like we have to you prefer now to as a she I have to get to, to the point of Dinaker. I have to admit that I I actually kind of forgot. Because yeah. I only ever social with Naoto once because I never got my intelligence that high a second time. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. No pers- yeah. That that. But uh, yeah, we we talked about stats in Persona Four because Persona Three and well, Persona well, stats in Persona Five, but Three and Four, it's really hard to get your stats all the way up. There's a lot of time investment to do so, and but then you have Five making it you so gotta easy. Eat a, that you gotta you, eat a whole bunch of beef bowls in Four. You just gotta keep down in those bowls. Yeah, where in Persona, where Persona Five, it's like they just hand out stats like it's nothing, and you're maxed out, and you basically wasted like if you've spent any time like maxing any stats out early on, you've wasted you wasted time, and you're not gonna finish your social links whatsoever. Well. I was gonna say like I maxed out my stats early on, and then I just spent the entire rest of the game social linking. And I even I was like, no, I finished almost all of the social links. So I guess it really I mean, depends finished, on how you play your time. Well, I mean, I finished most of the social links. I think I had like two or three not finished, and that yeah. was mainly because of the bullshit near the like where you basically stopped. Sakura you, you couldn't just... finish Yusuke, and let me tell you from experience, Sakura, you didn't miss anything. Yeah. Uh, no, I I didn't finish Kawakami because I didn't realize that. When um you stop going to school, you can't like you can't max her out anymore. Yeah, what's at least uh what's his face? Tora mentioned that like he he sends you a text if you take too long to finish Sun, where he says, "Hey, we should probably finish up talking soon because uh, soon they're not going to let me talk to you anymore." 
Yeah, like Persona Five, there's it doesn't like especially. If Isn't you're not that so ironic that Persona Five like nails so many small things, but gets the big stuff wrong, and then it's like, oh yeah, by the way, it also kind of fucks up some small stuff. But I also think this goes back to something you were saying earlier. It's like you're talking about like people doing analysis of Persona Five. Is if you take any chunk of like individual chunk of Persona Five, there is a lot to like a lot to analyze in it and a lot to good to see in it. It's the fact that a lot of these small Except chunks don't end. work. Yeah, for, of course. But it's a lot of Sorry, these small it's just, chunks. Just DSY cynicism. You know, a lot of these small, like small cherry picked chunks within the game work in a small isolated section. But when taken into consideration of the big picture, fall apart. It's like you have good, you have like pieces of a puzzle that are painted amazingly. Then you put put it in the rest of the puzzle, and you realize it just doesn't fit in the puzzle, or whatever. Yeah. Like, this was supposed to be about positives, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, it, what what is this shit that we we're doing an episode about Persona Five, and we're supposed to be talking about like the positives? And I'm like, hey, I've been sitting on all the things well, I wanted to talk about this whole well, time because you know, I don't have a good you know, lead in. Well, it comes back to the fact that every positive of Persona Five comes with a caveat. Exactly. Like you like. I, 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 I mentioned how much I like An and Ryuji's like relationship. I never even got to go into detail. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but that, I think that that's also part of the problem with Persona Five being such a large game. Um, where something like Persona, like okay, Persona Four and Three are both sixty-hour JRPGs, but in general, there like there's not much to like they're very in a lot of ways they're very simple stories. You can talk about each individual part in relative, like in relative depth without going into long tangents. You say it's simple, and then I start thinking, "Oh shit, wasn't I going to talk about how I compared Persona Five to Devil May Cry 5? Oh, I, I want to hear this one. Oh, you want to hear this one? Yeah. Okay. Well, geez, sorry. There's like a million things. I was playing Devil May Cry Five, and I had like a million thoughts while playing it about like, oh god, like they're both the fifth installment of games in their series, but it's like, okay, jeez, where do I even start? So you have, like, Ryuji, who is, like, who I refer to many times as, not Ryuji, you have uh, Nero, who I refer to many times as Ryuji, but good. Because he has, like, the exact same character and personality as Ryuji, but he's portrayed actually well. And then you have, like, you have, like, your series. It's, like, your, your like, really sort of standard, like, here's the, here's the heroes, here's the villains, here's the story, beat the bad guy, and all this stuff. And I'm like, Devil May Cry 5 is a super simple game, but it's not basic it's not like brain dead and i'm like and that's what i love so much because i because because it's like when we were talking with lunch about like the the captain marvel shit and i was talking about walks and lunch is like introducing captain he said it sarcastically he was like introducing captain marvel what with her really strong character and stuff and i'm like devil may cry five i'm i now love to point to because i'm like it does things really well without trying to be this massive grandeur. Here's your characters. You understand who your characters are. You like your characters. They do things that are in character. They have a bad guy. You know why they want to fight the bad guy. It doesn't try to be this deep psychological character study. You know who these people are. And by the end of the game, like, pretty much none of them have changed. None of them have had real arcs. And they didn't need to. They weren't trying to. And you don't really care. Like, like this is Nero. We spend the game establishing who Nero is. We know who he is. We know how he acts. We know he why he acts that way. And that's fine. We don't we don't need super complex characters and deep introspectives. We just need characters and a story. 
characters me, to care about. Dizzy, 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 yeah. dizzy. Yes. Let me ask you a question. Yes. Would Persona 5 bother you so much if it wasn't Persona 5? Like if it was it a would Persona... bother me less, but it would still bother me absolutely because there's oh, a yeah, lot well, of shit in five that's just bad no matter what. But it's mean, like oh, five is so disrespectful to the Persona Five is so disrespectful to the numbering because despite being the fifth well, game I'm in not... the series and the supposed jumping on point, it's got shit nothing to do with Persona. Well, no, but that's what I'm that's and what I'm saying. It's like, I feel like no, okay, okay. I would still okay, be mad stop, at Persona okay. Five if, if they dropped no, no, the title no, no, Persona okay, Five. That's not I would what I'm trying. That's not what I'm trying to say. That's not what. That's not what I'm. Okay, I should have yeah. rephrased this. Okay, I think if Persona Five wasn't Persona Five, like if it was like maybe a Persona spinoff or just another Shin Megami Tensei game spinoff, yeah, and and was its own identity not tied down by the Persona brand, yeah. I think because I feel like some of the biggest writing like. I feel like the biggest writing flaw, like flaws around Persona Five, is it's trying too hard to both be a Persona game and its own thing. And then they made Smash like, Joker, where it tried so hard to be an advertisement. Yeah, I know. I'll never stop but, griping about Smash Joker. But like, Fuck like it wants it wants to be Persona, but it doesn't have the psychological backing. Like if it wasn't a Persona game, all like the psychological. Okay, if well, it that, wasn't. There's the thing about like, that. <sighs> it's like, oh, well, it's like if if it wasn't a Persona game, do you think you and I would care so much about it not having? The deep psychological, like like Jungian analysis that Persona games tend to have. Well, the thing about if Persona Five wasn't a Persona game is really kind of difficult to talk about, honestly, because like Persona, I've said this many times. Persona built its very identity and its core in these deep psychological stuff and its social like commentary and all these things about like psychology and all that stuff. That is where its identity comes from. So you pick up a Persona game, that's what it should be about. But if it wasn't attached to the Persona license, something else comes to play in my mind, where if Persona 5 wasn't Persona 5 to begin with, it wouldn't be trying to be 3 and 4 and could then go on to actually have an identity of its own. Well, exactly. And then, it the wouldn't, and then it's like, well, then we're talking about a hypothetically completely different well, no, but, game, no, and I can't judge a hypothetical game. No, but, but that's, that's, that's my point. I feel like, like Persona 3, okay, Persona 1 and 2, I'll say this. If intri- Sorry. Okay. Persona Persona One and Two are intrinsic intrinsically linked games. There's difference in the gameplays, but when you look at the stories, they're told in a very similar way. Mm-hmm. Three and Three and Four are intrinsically linked games. They are told in a very similar special mm-hmm. way. Now, Persona Five. Weirdly enough, like, I'm not even just saying that. Like, oh, maybe it should have been a different. Like, it shouldn't have been a Persona game. Like they've they've had the framework where they could have really changed things up without yeah. it, um, without it being as offensive as it is. Yeah. But for for the sake of, for the sake of things, the Persona Five didn't have to be Persona like a sequel to Persona Three and Four. It could have just been a spiritual successor within the Persona line. If Persona Four was given more, if Persona Five was given more freedom to be itself, I probably would have less gripes of it. But at the same time, if you just dropped the Persona name. But you kept the characters as they were, and you kept the twists as they were, and things as they were. I definitely would still have a lot of problems with it. Oh, like, yeah, but one-dimensional okay. villains will always be bad to me. Oh, Unlikable yeah, no, okay. protagonists will always be bad to me. Okay, but okay, but the the point of the matter isn't. I th- I feel like Persona Five's biggest um, detriment failure, is its legacy. Is it? It's its legacy because there is okay. So you 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 talk about um like Devil May Cry. It's like like. There's no deep psychological analysis. There's no um, like it's these fun characters. Like they don't really change much for the story. That's that's sort of the point. 
Persona 5 comes off as like this thriller action movie that like there's not really supposed to be this big all this big character thing. It's supposed to be this big flashy fun spectacle. Yeah. But because it's Persona, it's not allowed to be. Well, the thing about that too is it does the spectacle so poorly. Well, that's because, because it's a Persona it does, game. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing too. It's bogged down by I think it yeah, it, it's bogged down by its own legacy, ironically. The, it's saddled with Persona rather than having Persona as its identity. Mm-hmm. And like when I mentioned when I mentioned Devil May Cry 5, I should probably stress it's like Devil May Cry 5 is like an Indiana Jones movie. You you know who these people are, and if you don't know who these people are, you learn who they are through the story. It's an adventure, it's not a character study. And like that's Whoa. it's fine that Nero doesn't change during the game because like it wasn't a story about Nero and his deep psychology. It was a story about just like Nero, Dante, and V like teaming up to fight the villain, and this is just the shit that happens. Well, in some ways, Persona Five is a is, is not really a story about characters. It's a character. Well, it's not a story about it's developing not a story characters. about anything. <laughs> yeah, but it's in in some ways it's it seems like it's trying to be more of a character study. I mean, it's more of a political message of oh, uh, this is what like like of oh, it's a good thing to go change things. But it's more of a character study of what would happen if these people who were beat to the curb had gained these abilities to be able to go and change society. That's what Persona Five at its core is about. Wasn't it's a character a, study. Wasn't that a YouTube movie? I don't know. I swear there was like a YouTube movie about like a bunch of teenagers who got superpowers and then one of them decided he was going to be evil with his powers and they had to stop him. And it was when it was brand new, a lot of people were like, wow, that's so interesting. And then as time went on, they're like, wow, that's so one dimensional. (laughs) And well, something doesn't need to, okay. Something, something doesn't need to be deep unless it's persona. Well, uh, it really depends. Well, okay. So, I'd actually like to compare, like, like something I want to move into for this, like, final half is, like, I kind of want to per- compare Persona 5 to Shin Megami Tensei 4. Well, before we get there, I wanted to mention, like, Haru Okumura versus Nico. I don't remember her last name, where it's, like, mm-hmm. people really like Haru, and I don't understand why, considering Haru never did anything, even yeah, though I, I, so I many things it. could happen to her. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I was, I was like, initially, like... I was initially intrigued by Haru, but as the story got on, I'm just like, what's your point? What, Haru you... absolutely should have been the traitor. That would have fit so much fucking better. Oh, yeah. oh, God, I never talked about the personas. But I was going to say, yeah. anyways, is that Haru is a character in the game who has basically no agency to anything, despite the fact that, he absu- that she absolutely should. She's a member of the Phantom Thieves. Her father was fucking murdered by the main antagonist. And, like, she's just lost in this world. She has no idea where she's going. And then she never addresses any of it, acts mostly lighthearted and bubbly the entire game, and never seems to get serious and never seems to really do anything. And much like every other character in the game, she flips back and forth between two different personalities. I mean, she tends she doesn't do anything for Sona Q2, so it's, it's, it's a problem with her yeah. character. She doesn't do anything. And I'm like, and I bring her up in comparison to a character in Devil May Cry 5 whose name is Nico, who is like uh, Nero's friend, who is the, uh, she, she's the bus driver. She, she drives around and stuff. And she, she, contextually speaking, in the grand scheme of things, she doesn't do anything. She never fights the main antagonist. She never even sees the main antagonist. She doesn't fight demons. She just kind of talks to characters. But in the scenes that she has, and the way that she drives her bus, and the things that she does, and, like, she exudes personality. She is full of it. After, like, sorry, am I being too loud? 
Oh no, no, it's fine. So, like after like five, after like three scenes or two scenes with her, or even after the very first scene where they're like arguing, she's smoking, she like shit talks Nero, Nero shit talks back and stuff. She she kills a demon by running it over and then like burns him with a cigarette. Like you immediately, you're like, oh, I know her. She's the best. Like, oh, I know her. She's Nico, the badass. <laughs> like she earns her status in like five minutes. And it's like, do you know what? I know who Nico is from less time with her than Haru, who I spent like three playthroughs with, and her complete social link. Who the fuck are you, Haru? <laughs> hey, you know, okay, so you know what makes Haru even more insulting of a character? Mm. Okay, so I, I said I said earlier that um. Persona 5 has a problem with agency. Yes. And part of this comes back to how, in general, the palaces are all about, like, resolving the palaces are, an, are a way of giving the characters agency or giving them agency back into their lives because someone is oppressing them or they're trapped or whatever. Like, they have no agency in their lives, whatever. Mm-hmm. What makes Haru so insulting, and this is part of the agency problem, is Despite getting her agency back, she does nothing with it. Yeah. And in fact, she's just like, oh, I guess I'm just going to go run my con- company anyways. I guess I still have to be com- married to that asshole. I guess I still have to work for the Phantom Thieves. Oh, yeah, well. it's like she she never does anything for herself. And it's never addressed. Yeah. She, she never does anything. Even in her social link, she just kind of yeah. decides to leave the company. And then yeah. grow plants. And it's like, Haru, like, do something. We're, like, Have a point. Perso- and it's, and what's so frustrating is that, like, let's compare Haru to someone like, like, actually, let's just talk about Haru and herself. It's like, she has so much weight on her, and none of it amounts to anything. I mentioned before, I said, like, Haru absolutely feels like like, I am 100% certain of this. Not 100% certain of this, that was an exaggeration. But I'm like, I-, I cannot get this idea out of my mind that Akechi was not supposed to be the traitor, it was supposed to be Haru, and then at the last minute they said, nope, make it Akechi, who cares? And then as a result, they, like, ripped away the traitor role, gave it to Akechi, and left Haru with nothing. And, like, they're like, what do we do with Haru? Uh, we don't have time, the game ships tomorrow. Okay, fine, we'll do nothing. Make her, make her, she'll, she'll grow plants. She'll grow plants. Or maybe she was always supposed to grow plants. And I'm like, you have so much buildup for that. Haru fits the role for Trader so well, and then she does nothing with it. Yeah. Oh. Like, they didn't even use her as a red herring. Like, if at the very least, if she was a red herring and did something afterwards, that would have been... Well, no, she, thing, they, but... she was a red herring, because they see oh, yeah. the black mask, and they're like, oh, a black mask! And Morgana's like, nope, she's totally well, not the traitor. Well, There's your red I, herring. I argue, that, I argue that because they built up Makoto as the red herring. Like, through that whole section of the game, they're like, oh, is the Makoto tell Sai Nijima or something? Like, Makoto seems really, like, there seems something to be up with Makoto. They're focusing so much on Makoto and Sai at this point that, like, and granted, yes, it's Sai's her sister, but it made sense to make Makoto the, a potential red herring because of her relationship to Sai. Well, the thing about that is I couldn't suspect Makoto because in Gorowakechi's very first scene, he admitted to being the traitor, so... I mean, I, that's... Okay, I but, admit a lot but, of the smaller points were lost on me because I, I but, saw them but that, were. But that goes back to... That goes back <laughs> to the whole, like, um, f- how poorly the framing device of... But in, like, the NVIDIA Res framing devices because yeah. it, 
it prompts you to look for a trader from the beginning. If you didn't know there was a trader, Goro's comments would have flied over your, like, flew over your our heads on a first playthrough. That's something that you can go back and be like, oh yeah, he did say something suspicious. Oh, I didn't see that because of blah blah blah. But since you're looking for a trader, it becomes incredibly more obvious that he is the trader. You know that's true because I admit you can only play the game for the first time once. But it's like, yeah, I was. I did notice that where he's like, "Oh, I thought someone was mentioning pancakes," and I was like, "You're the trader." But if the, if I wasn't told to be on the lookout for a trader in the first place, I might have not picked up on that. Actually, I would have been. <laughs> I might have you not even have thought, thought about that. You may have thought it was weird, but you may you wouldn't have thought of him as someone who was going to betray them. Like there are plenty of answers that could have been. Like, I, he could have been a, I think I wouldn't have thought about it at all. Is the thing he probably would have come to something about pancakes, and I would have been like, "Uh huh, whatever." But because I was looking for a trader, he's like, "Hey, did someone mention pancakes? You're the trader." Yeah, because uh, I hate. Akechi just drives me crazy. Fuck talking about the positives of Persona Five. Someone explain to me how the fuck Morgana works, so Akechi uh, can hear Morgana because he's been in the cognitive world for two years, but he never heard the cat talk. And An's explanation is that if you hear Morgana talk in the cognitive world, then that means that you then have the the perception that he can talk, so you can understand his voice. But Akechi never heard him talk, and Sai was in the cognitive world, but she can't hear Morgana talk. And there's the argument of, oh, they weren't in there for very long, but then Akira and Ryuji were in the cognitive world, and they found Morgana, but they didn't know he was a cat or that he could leave, and they heard his voice before they saw his body, so that had nothing to do with mental perception. How do you work, cat? I'm gonna. I, I just had a thought, like, and, like, and I, as, and I sort of disagree with it again. But I, I don't think the writer for persona, like the, the persona writer, is capable of writing these large, convoluted stories. But then I took a step back. I don't think anybody is capable of writing a large, convoluted story like Persona Five in the amount of time that they were given to write it. I'll challenge like, you on that because, well, on the amount of time they were given, because I keep saying good. Persona Five could have been really, really good without changing very, very much, which is part of why Royal scares me because I was saying. Persona 5 has a lot of good that it could have done that it just didn't do. Mm-hmm. Royal looks like it's going to throw everything out. And I'm like, I'm no, still, I'm still wor- capitalizing I'm still worried. that potential. I'm still worried it's not going to change anything but the end. If it doesn't change anything but the end, that will also be very bad. But I'm like, yeah. like, I'm like, you have so much you could be going for. You have so many points that you've started but have not finished. And I'm like... I'm like finish those points. You raise a lot of thi- you raise a lot of questions. You just don't have any answers no, for but, them. Okay, but but my my point more so is that like because of how bloated Persona Five is, I don't want them adding another chapter with another dungeon with a new character. Because I want it'll them, just I, probably be more of the same. It'll be. It's gonna be more. It, it tells you. It tells you where their focuses are. If this was a oh, we're gonna release an updated version of Persona Five, and we're gonna clean up the plot a bit it's gonna be have a re-edited script refocus things like people would buy that regardless people aren't gonna like like, adding a new dungeon with new characters doesn't inherently make it a worthwhile purchase the people people who enjoy persona 5 are gonna buy it anyways i'm gonna have to buy it because i refuse to be omitted from the conversation i know oh god I just keep thinking about shit now. I, I'm like, I know you want to talk about Shin Megami Tensei Four, and I'm like, I want to help you get to that, but I'm also like on a, I'm, a, I'm on a, I'm on the pain train, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, well. hey, while we're talking about like shit that Persona Five does poorly, it's like your entire message. What, what the fuck was it? And it's like, 
oh, can people change society? And like the, the, the main antagonist who, spoiler alert, is like, he's Igor or he's pretending to be Igor. And he's like, a great calamity is coming and I want you humans to stop it and it's all a game and shit. And then the main characters beat Shido and they beat all these guys and they beat the, the guy's chosen one. But then he just decides to fuck the planet anyways. So, yeah, yeah. and she's like, it was an unfair game. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, it was an unfair game for the stupidest of reasons. Why did you set us off on this mission in the first place and give us the powers to even get as far as we did if you intended to just pull the rug? Like, is it, I guess it's because you're bored. I guess that's the reason. But it's like, first of all, that's a stupid reason. And second of all, like, how did you even do this? And like, what is the point? And it's like, and, and, then, and then the worst part is, like, you're talking about all the social reform shit, about, like, changing people's hearts, and then you have objectively evil demon guy as your final boss who has the power to make people not care. Well, that's sort of... Free like, will is a myth! But, but that's sort of where like, it comes back to with um, the whole, the game being so politically vague. It, it, it's said, it's, uh, the game, Persona 5 is saying, oh, it's good to... Uh, be political it's good to want to go change society but it never says what to change society to other than not corrupted but what one's answer of corruption like one person's answer of corruption is going to be a entirely different answer of corruption it never even attempts to answer these sorts of things the message is just change the message isn't how to which change is, or what to change it's just change which is the most obvious and shallow message you could possibly have and potentially self-destructive too because but just actually, changes which is which is part of like i think it's a really good jumping off point this from maybe shig maybe yes, all right let's go because shig maybe tensei insane. 4 is a game of how dangerous uh, unchecked change can be Persona, yeah. pers- uh, should, should it's a game about how is... dangerous unchecked ge- change can be that also illustrates how dangerous unchecked, uh, like, what's the word, stability or stagnation can be? Yeah. Because you have, yeah. like, Mikado and Tokyo that are, okay, massive spoilers again. You have Mikado and Tokyo, which are these two worlds that are, like, really tightly controlled. Nothing is allowed to change. And they're being oppressed, or not oppressed, opposed by another force that wants the complete opposite. They want everything out mm-hmm. and you're, and both sides are making their arguments and both sides have like their kind of pros and cons i guess like they say like we're safe in mikado because the samurai are literally killing everything that challenges you know the 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 higher ups ideas and stuff and it's like yeah you're safe but you're basically in a gigantic prison and then you have like the chaos guys that are like we're gonna throw everything out just all stability is gone, and it's like, mm. and everyone's gonna run free and do whatever they want, and it will result in horrible, massive death. Yeah. And then exactly. the, the parts where you go through the other worlds to, like, the world of total order and the world of total chaos are, like, I, I guess they're a, a bit, a, a bit ham-fisted, but they're, they're presented pretty well overall, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the biggest problem of those times is you don't get to spend enough time in each of those worlds. Yeah, you can go back, but you know that all you're doing then is just side quests. Yeah, but like, in in general, um, like what what confuses me so much about Persona Five is that in a lot Sorry, of ways, what? It's a pro- what confuses me about Persona Five is that it's largely a rejection of what Shigami Tensei Four like, had to say, and. I, 
I'm trying to think about like something about like like because final like final is a weird case where it's not final is really really weird and it's a reason like this I wanted to have a talk with you about specifically four versus final because yeah. it felt like four was like a really big talks about like these big themes and messages about like you know like the extremists fighting each other and the damage that both sides cause in well, pursuit not, well, of what just, they think well, it's is just better. That, it's, just, it's, it's how easily people can be extremed when posed against ex- other extremes. I mean, like, the samurai come down from Mikado to Tokyo, and they're like, this is the unclean ones country. And they, yeah. it, it takes them, like, a while before they even start calling them humans. And they're like, like, oh, you're the heretics, right? And they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like... Who are you people? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, like the culture clash of Shinigami Tensei Four is probably one of my favorite like game moments like in the in Shinigami Tensei in general. Yeah, like, like I, I I like Final and Four for completely different reasons. Four, well, Final is yeah. definitely not as thematically strong as Final four is. Fi- four Final is so weird because Four Final is like an action anime. It's like a standard yeah. anime, which is you know fun in its own right. But it feels so strange to be coming from the same actually, series that was really making such a big splash. I th- I think we're because f- okay, final and final and Persona Five in a lot of ways share similar problems, in that they both don't really have much to say. Like as as yeah. Shin Megami Tensei games, like Persona is all about this Jungian psychology. Shin Megami Tensei is about yeah. this criticism of religion. Yeah. Where Shin Megami Tensei Four Final, okay, maybe it's got criticism of the, it's got the religious criticism in there, but it's not really, it doesn't really have any real messages. But Final doesn't have the pretense of wanting to say anything. Like, yeah, Final is incredibly honest about its motives going throughout the game. It's it's it's, it's an anime. It's 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 an anime. It's a fun romp in the four world with it from a different perspective. You have the love interest, the little sister, the comic relief, the big sister, the bromance. The the, it, the buddy partner, this, the guy like, with a stick up his ass. <laughs> four final is a lot more fun of a story than Persona Five is. Yeah, it has a lot more of a cheery kind of attitude, which is why it gets super weird when it gets super dark. But also, the the that makes the dark moments feel even darker because of um the cheerier moments. I'm, four, I'm really sorry I, to say this, but like that one scene again, massive spoilers. That one scene where, like, your father dies was kind of undermined slightly because the voice acting of one character was really bad. <laughs> he was I like, mean, I was like, uh, and it was also kind of frustrating because the voice acting was pretty good up to that point in the game and after that point, too. But the guy's like, oh my gosh, so much blood. No. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, like, I'm okay, like come on, do, a, do another take. <laughs> Okay, Shinobi Tensei voice acting can be so hit or miss. Like, oh uh, yeah, I thought like, Tayama. I, I, lo- I thought Tayama's voice actor was great. Yeah, I, I love. I, I don't like, like the character, I, but I thought okay. Tayama's voice actor got I, him really I, good. I just love how in um, Shinobi Tensei Four, the boat guy is just Yosuke. Yeah, the boat guy is just Yosuke. <laughs> this is the parallel universe to Persona Four, where Yosuke never left Tokyo to start a branded Juness, uh, and then the missiles came, and then he got and he became a hunter. Yeah, that's that's my favorite. That's like that's one of my favorite little things. But yo, you want to cross anyways, the um, boat? Anyways, like, like I wouldn't like Persona Five wouldn't bother me so much if it just if it doubled down in its fun, goofy Phantom Thief atmosphere. But it has this air of self-importance, and 
Like, there is no point in the game where they're just having fun because even when they're having fun, it's an edgy mess. Persona 5 is the perfect game for me because it's a game that, much like me, has a lot of things it wants to say, but then just stumbles through all of it and never successfully makes a point. So that's why you're the biggest Persona 5 fan. I I would say I am, honestly. Even though in this entire video, I still have not been able to properly explain the shit I like about it. Well, I think... You know what I was going to go off on a tangent about? Persona 5 is the best bedroom in the series. Yeah, that's a a weird statement to make, but it's like, in 4, you had a bedroom that was, you know, kind of your own. In 3, that bedroom didn't mean shit. In 5, that bedroom was yours to, like, customize, to change, to buy TVs, to buy game consoles, DVD players, laptops, to mess around with stuff. It was like, the, the plant, the chair, the things. That bedroom was like your safe space in this world of oppression it was your place where you could go to be yourself and when the phantom thieves are all joined there it was like sharing your safe space it was it showed how close you were and i'm like there's so much symbolism i can get from a fucking bedroom in persona 5 and i there's so little symbolism i can get from the rest of the game (laughs) someone fucked up something going going back going back to positives in persona 5 i guess is what we we've talked about how bad like the setting is. Yes. Persona 5 set pieces are amazing. Persona 5 does so many Persona 5 is kind of frustrating because when I talk about the Persona series, what what I'm talk like people have a phrase like you can't see the big picture. And I'm like when it comes to Persona, you want to look at the smaller pieces of the big picture because the small pieces put together the big picture. And in Persona 5, it, it's like what I was saying before. It's like I said bad like bad as an opinion is a conclusion it's not a descriptor bad is the opinion that you create from all of the millions of different things that contribute into your opinion and i'm like i would say persona 5 on the whole is bad but i'm like looking at the big picture and i'm with like a big magnifying glass and i'm going that's good that's good that's um, good that's good let me um, this is bad let me let me um actually um rephrase persona 5 is a good game Persona 5 is a bad Persona game. Persona... Uh, like, well, Persona 5... I mean, I mean... See, we can talk about what if Persona 5 wasn't a Persona game, okay, but, but, no, but not, it, but not, it not is. even just... No, but, like, I mean... Let me... Um, Persona, like... And I'm, I'm talking about specifically Persona 5 as a game is a good game. Persona... Like, Persona 5 as a... From a big picture standpoint, like... Uh, I'm trying to think how to put this. Well, the thing about that is when you say Persona 5 as a standalone is a good game, is that the thing is that, like, when people say, oh, like, don't judge it as a game in the series, judge it as a thing on its own, it's like, well, number one, like, why should I? It literally well, is selling itself okay, as a Persona that, game. That, that that argument doesn't work because yeah. Persona is a game that thrives as being a part of its series. It's very much... Persona, yeah. like, the Persona games are sort of a narrative upon themselves and they're all interconnected. Yeah. And like the, imp- I guess it's the same thing with Mortal Kombat. It's like, okay, you can look at, you can look at Persona 5 as its own and it does a lot of good things within itself. Like, well, here's the, here's the another reason why I can't say that, where I can't think that way because a lot of my positives about Persona 5, and this will, this will probably make things real rocky. A lot of my positives of Persona 5 are from when Persona 5 is being a Persona game. 
Yeah, that's like when I true. when I talk about An and Ryuji's relationship and how much I I feel like the two of them have a genuine like romance together. What I'm done, I'm not talking about like massive scenes of them like eating spaghetti together. I'm talking about a, a connected series throughout the entire game of like little details and things that they do with one another that like portrays this idea in my mind of this re- true relationship in, in Kamashita's Palace or before then they get into like this weird text talk about like this dolphin and how on like lent Ryuji this money for like the bus fare and that like Ryuji got this dolphin for his mother and stuff of that nature and on social link she actually calls Ryuji to help her exercise and Ryuji without a question comes and does it and he even makes a remark too where on's like I gotta work out to be attractive or something and Ryuji's like well I think you're hot <laughs> like oh I mean, he doesn't say that. He's like, I think you're wasting your time. But you got a sense he's like, oh, I think you're hot. There's a part at the very beginning, too, where he's talking about his relationship with Shido and An and how he knew them in middle school and how he's like, he's like, I don't know what they're doing with Kamashita. They're not the kind of girls that would do the stuff. And it's like, again, showing his insight into his insight into what he thinks of them. Like, the part two at the very end of the game, like, when Ryuji's like, don't worry, I'll get the boat and save us, when, like, the, the big thing is dying, who who calls out to cheer Ryuji on? On. And only on. And when Ryuji seems to die, who, who screams for him? On. And only on. They're always in you, scenes... Make... They're always in scenes with each other. And I think, like, the scene that really kind of, like, got to me, like, the... There's, there's a scene when they're in Hawaii, when they're, like, in the room together with you, and there's, like... And, An is talking about romance stuff, and she goes immediately to Ryuji. She wants to know what kind of girl Ryuji is into. And, like, I think the scene that, like, the scene that was probably my favorite scene, or the scene that, like, really kind of spoke to me in a weird way is, like, is the beach scene of all scenes. It was the beach scene where, where, like, you know, Ryuji has a popsicle stick in his mouth, and then the girls come out in bikinis, and, like, the stick goes up because haha boner and shit. And then, like, what does An do? She doesn't cover her chest and go, like, eek, pervert. She laughs and she points at him and then she teases him about it. And she's like, you like what you see? And I'm like, that is so good. But actually, not, like, you, you mentioned that also kind of highlights how poorly uh, incorporated the rest of the cast is. Yeah. Like, on Ryuji and Morgana, like, being that they're all, like, introduced at the start and whatnot, all are sort of written around each other. Yeah. And their dynamic, especially, even like the Ryuji Magoda dynamic, makes sense at the start of the game. At the start of the game. It yeah. absolutely should have fallen off at some point. Like, it, it, it almost comes off as, like, if the first, like, the first palace of Persona 5 was really carefully written, like, the first, like, chapter oh, the first, was The first carefully... palace of Persona 5 was, at, was, was made absolutely first, and then the budget ran out. Well, no, it doesn't feel like the budget ran out. It felt like the like the the writer, like the like the director, wrote that stuff first to get like approval to con- continue on with the game. Yeah, and then realized he was in over his head, but it was too late because he already got approval. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a thing I noticed about like a lot of games, and like for as much as I I, I know I know I'm bringing up Devil May Cry Five again, mm-hmm. but it's like Devil May Cry Five and Persona Five have a lot in common on two fronts too, where it's like. Their level ones are really, really detailed and it seemed to have a lot of thought put into them. And the games kind of become a little bit more simple as they go on, unfortunately. Now, let me, let me stress, too. I really love Devil May Cry 5. I think it's a very good game. 
but it's like um but it's like Kamoshida's palace has like a whole bunch of stuff secret doors secret rooms key key collecting puzzles you go in like multiple times you go in once uh by accident uh Akira gets his persona you go in again uh and like Ryuji tries to like get the faces of the 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 volleyball team members so that he can like try to settle this without having to invade the palace and non and non-violently you know actually try to make a social reform but that gets stifled bravo persona 5 well, like yeah. I don't know, and then like, but, but, but you know, from there the dungeon is the, the dungeon design just sort of falls out. It just feels like it's yeah. You know what they should have done? You know what they should have done? They what? should have had a Phantom Thief kind of aesthetic where you have to steal their heart. They should have thrown the calling card in the garbage can, and they should have made the palaces you exploring like the these corrupt person's mind and stuff and finding out why they're bad and then to get the treasure instead of like putting their putting out a calling card you ref, you you get society to like you you build arguments and you get society to like turn on them and make them feel uncomfortable like hey wait a second you're exploiting us hey wait a minute you're 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 abusing minors and shit and they're like no i'm not what are you talking about and then they get like defensive and their heart gets weak and then we're gonna like now we can run in and take their treasure yeah but it, have it, an it, actual it, social it, reform. No, but see, <laughs> that still wouldn't have been very. But like, the, and here's they could have, you know, they could have still could have had the the calling card. It's just if the calling card wasn't using this mechanic, because the reason why they have the calling card is because that's a phantom thief trope. Yeah, like if they wanted to have the phantom thieves, they have to have a calling card. But the calling card didn't need to be this big mechanic like that. It, it could have been. They could have still sent out the calling card, but it didn't need to be the key to get to the treasure. Yeah, but it just if it feels like, and this might be because of um the, sh- I actually do feel like the biggest like one of the hugest problems in Persona 5's development was the change of direction, because yeah. once you change direction once like that, you don't get another change of direction. You don't get another do again. Yeah, like I, I don't know how good the backpacking Persona Five would have been. I'm, but, I'm sure with the director, with the same director as the as the Persona Five we got, I absolutely would have had a lot of shit to say about it. I admit, but well, I mean, I mean like, isn't the Persona Five director the same guy who directed three and four? Yeah, but that's the same guy who said that he'd rather have action scenes than character development. So that's I'm fair. I'm kind of shaky on him, and I'm questioning too. Is you say he's the same director, and I'm like, I mean, well, I, don't, I, I don't know. I was asking you. I don't know if that's actually the case. Oh, is it? I'll have to Google it later. Because it's the same. Because three, four, and five are the same writer. I don't know if they're the same director. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I kept derailing your points. You wanted to talk about a lot of stuff. <laughs> oh, there's there's too much to talk about. Persona Five. I'm already starting to crash a bit. We're like we're already like an hour and a half. Yeah, we're, we're on that time. And that's the thing, too, yeah. is that this episode, I, it feels like it's over, but I'm like, I haven't even... This was supposed to be the episode where we talk about how much we like, or the things we like about it before we tear it down. We bypassed the talking about things we liked about it, went to tearing it down, and then came back to the conversation well, you know, of things I think, we like about I think, it. I think what you need is you need someone who disagrees with you to talk to you about Persona 5. You know, you, I, you need, I, think, I, I think I'm already too woke on... Persona 5's issues that it's that I think you do like Persona 5 more than I do. I I completely Persona I can see 5, that point. Persona 5 drives me crazy because I'm like looking at this and I'm saying 
you didn't have to do very much to make this game something truly special, and you still fucked it up, Atlas. Well, that's a, that's that's the, that's the other thing. It's like Persona Four feels like a few steps away of being something truly special, like probably one of the greatest JRPGs of all time. But it fumbles it in in like the most odd ways they possibly could have. Yeah. It's like they're they're like the 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 problems they make seem like the obvious things that you wouldn't make problems about like with. Yeah. Like, like there's so there is so much potential for good that is just dropped for whatever like production issues or writing issues they've had. Like like depending like depending on like because as I was saying like the big problem with them um changing gears is that's a lot of lost development and writing time that they had for the game. They had, they probably had to scrap a lot of work before then, and then you don't get the you don't get the same amount of time to work on a game if you've had a waste if you if you had a few already had a few years of waste of time working on one game. Yeah. So the Persona like, Five. Ah, jeez. I, I, oh, I mean, I think about yeah. a lot of stuff with Five too. You know what's like kind of weird about Five? And I admit, what? I maybe I'm just really cynical, but it's like. When I look at the the main characters, your protagonist, who you follow the entire game with, I I just think about how much I don't like any of them at all, and oh, then yeah, I think I about I think about that in comparison to, okay, you might find this weird, but like, while I'm mostly okay with the cast of Shin Megami Tensei Four Final, I thought tonally they were all kind of messy. Like oh, yeah, I, there was a part where like uh, one of the teammates gets kidnapped, and then the main characters are like not two minutes later cracking jokes, and then a guy jumps out of your smartphone, and he's like, "You realize we're all fucked. It's all your fault, and you're all just cracking jokes about it. What the hell is wrong with you?" And then they're like, "Asshole," and I'm like, "Yeah, like you're way too jokey. Like the cast is way too jokey, and the fact that they keep shitting on Navarre is like, okay, don't get me wrong." Navarro is an Navarro, asshole, the, but like, like even Navarro's when he shit does because good, it, I know. At the like, end of Navarro's the game, just there to be shed on. He's just there to be made fun of, and it's like at the start of the game that is perfect because he has this haughty attitude and he's super arrogant despite being super weak, and characters kind of like talk him down. But then he gets a little bit more self-aware as the game goes on and becomes like more rounded as a character. But they don't treat him any differently, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I get the, and I'm like. It's weird because I don't get the sense these characters are friends. I get the sense that someone is trying to write a friendship. And then you have, like, Persona 5, where you're told the characters are friends, but they're constantly being overly mean to one another. I also also get the feeling with Persona, what works in Stream of Tensei 4 Finals, um, uh, like, favor. And this is sort of a last point thing, because we got to wrap up. Well, I wanted to just also talk about, like... Foreign Strange Journey, real quick before you read it. I know. Up. Okay, so I'll say my last flaw, then you can say your last one. All right. Um, what works in Finals favor with the friendship is that the world's fucked. They all know it's fucked, and sometimes, like, and because like, you don't believe, like, where Persona Five, it's like you believe that they could be friends with anybody else than these people. Where in Shima, like in Shimei Tensei Four Final, it's like, okay, this is a really awkward friendship, but who else are they gonna be friends with? I guess so. I bring like, this I up. Want, be- I say this because, like, I don't need for I don't need a friendship to just be characters constantly just complimenting each other, like like Mighty Morphing Power Rangers and shit. Yeah. And but at the same time, it's like they're they're too juvenile in the face of things that aren't funny, and they're too mean in the face in situations where they shouldn't be. 
And then I bring up Shin Megami Tensei 4 because those are all teenagers. And I'm like, you get a real sense. You, you see the entire rise and fall of that friendship from when they don't know each other at all to their adventure in becoming friends to the friendship falling apart. You see the whole thing. And then you have Strange Journey where you also get an interesting kind of friendship because everyone is screwed from the get-go. Everyone is on edge. And it starts as a professional relationship where they're like, we need to survive. And eventually becomes, holy shit, everything is fucked. You're, you're all I can rely on. Every one of you. Like, you're, we're, we're, we, we need each other. Like, yeah. oh my god. And then you have, like, Zelen and Jimenez, too, who are, like, kind of, like, in the same boat and kind of jump off the boat, too, for like different reasons where Jimenez is kind of like, he's always, he, he always kind of is like pushing himself away from the team while always getting dragged back into it. Well, he doesn't well, want to be a part of the team, but he's also developing well, what makes, these well, feelings. What makes Jimenez interesting is he's sort of like, like a more realistic example of what Ryuji would be in real life. Kind of. Like Ryuji, Jimenez is the butt monkey who everybody shits on and like, he, like, and like Jimenez doesn't trust like other people. And yeah. then because of that, he is, he feels ostracized from the group and he leaves. He feels ostracized just... from the group, but wants to be a part of it. And then when he gets his demon powers, he just leaves. And then Zelen is another case too, where she says that she wants to be part of the group. She's like, I want to be part of the group. I want to help people. But she feels a weird disconnect from the group. Like, something isn't right and then she joins the angels and she's like ah, i see now the reason why i didn't want to be part of the group was because the group was wrong and then you're kind of left and you're with with the rest of the group and they're and you're all like like we don't really know what to do but we all know we can trust each other and so you get a real but, sense of a friendship there but this has been blurs in a landfill <laughs> just a landfill thanks for watching the 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 real rose in a landfill was the friends we made along the way <laughs> Anyways, thanks. Stop. Thanks for listening. Um, uh, a quick announcement for anybody watching. Um, we're on uh, Anchor, Spotify, uh, anywhere that Anchor publishes things. We'll be putting things in the show notes. I've got a Twitter announcement coming up. You'll probably see that beforehand. But yeah, we're not just on YouTube anymore. Uh, please support, uh, like, share, subscribe. Uh, and thanks for sticking around with us for forty-seven episodes. Yeah, almost a year, man. We've been doing this for almost a year. We're almost episode fifty. Woo! And we finally to... did the, we almost we finally did the Persona Five episode. Yeah, stay tuned to t- for when we do it again. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, thank you. Um, thank you for listening to us. Uh, bye. Bye bye. <laughs> and this has been Bros in a Landfill signing off. The real bros are the friends we made along the way.